0: Podcast is back, Jenna you know Two, you know Chapter Two today. It's a good one. It's good. It's gonna be great. But first of all, Lexi, I've seen you've been skiing. What is going on?
1: Oh, what a lucky duck I am. I've actually created a new word for my week. So it was it was a working holiday, aka a walladay.
0: A walladay?
1: Yeah. And it turns out it's the best way to go skiing when you're a student, because you kind of let's go skiing for free whilst doing a bit of work on the side. You know, like a decent amount of work. But um, yeah, I was very blessed to be able to get out there. I um, actually had my first ever, like, gasp when I saw nature. I've never had my breath taken away. Like, genuinely slightly gobsmacked.
0: That's a game changer.
1: Oh, yeah. We drove up the mountain in the dark. And then in the mirror, I saw them because the moon came out. And I I actually had to stop what I was saying.
0: (laughs) That's incredible.
1: We it was yeah do you know i woke up in the morning and i thought wow i looked to the mountains and where does my help come from jesus
0: <laughs> those moments you absolutely do
1: <laughs> but isaac i hear in your week um the cafe's been the the refurb's finished and it's open
0: Jeez. so guys if you didn't know shameless plug Run a cafe called 50 Degrees North of Burley-Talston. Check it out. <laughs> but we've just gone through a few, like a nice sort of refurb so you can raise really of aesthetically pleasing. But no, back open. Very true. Back open yesterday, which is a Sunday. Um, nice. So it's nice. nice to be back. Nice to get structure. It's just great. Crab sandwiches, coffees. Actually, a bit rogue. A few ice creams. Which I think is a bit, a bit strange in winter. I always think don't you want something warm and comforting. But no, you want something sweet and cold.
1: Isn't there something about if you are cold and you have something warm, then your body cools down because it thinks that you're warmer than you are? Whereas if you're cold and you have something cold, your body continues to try and make you warmer. Is that true?
0: It could be. I don't
1: know. Maybe this is
0: next week. We'll come back with an answer.
1: Yeah. Or maybe it's time for poll number two. Do people prefer warm or cold things when they're cold? I mean, I can probably guess what the answer is. (laughs) We'll find out. (laughs) We'll find out.
0: But that's been the weeks, and after this little jingle, we'll be diving in to Jonah chapter two.
1: Bring it on!
0: So yes, hello. We are doing Jonah chapter two today, and before we dive into the verses, we're going to look at like the overview of like the whole uh, chapter and see. What's almost about
1: yeah absolutely so we see that Jonah has um, been swallowed by this great fish and the, the chapter is basically his prayer to God from inside the fish and it starts from a place of great distress and it ends um, with him saying that you know salvation comes from God and then we hear about Jonah vomiting uh, being vomited out by the fish
0: yeah and it's almost like through this like look for this almost like mini gospel because we see in chapter one of well, Jonah, like Jonah's asking for death and um, just to be hurled into the sea. So, you might expect to just sort of read about his death, but we see this amazing like restoration and almost this amazing grace where he has hit rock bottom, but it's by through God's grace that it just comes and gives Jonah a second chance at life. So, yeah, such a, such a little mini gospel of Jesus, but yeah, let's just dive into the verses
1: brilliant so we'll be doing kind of chunks so to begin with we're going to be looking at Jonah 2 verses 1 to 6 so here we go from inside the fish Jonah prayed to the Lord his God and he said in my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me from deep in the realm of the dead I called for help and you listened to my cry you hurled me into the depths into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me all your waves and breakers swept over me and I said I've been banished from your sight yet i will look again towards your holy temple the engulfing waters threatened me the deep surrounded me seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains i sank down the earth beneath barred me in forever Woo! Is a uh, heavy little bit that
0: it is yeah it's, it packs a punch and i think just like, again to, to clarify to start with um the fish the you know the, the elephant in the room but to fish it's in the ocean, whatever, Maybe that's a new phrase. <laughs> um, there's always, again, like there's, there's two views you can look at this, but either way, whichever one you hold, it's not like the point is, you know, if if this is like a historical narrative and it's actually Jonah and the fish, amazing. But if it's just like a narrative of Jonah, um, the author using Jonah as like a historical figure and he's trying to send another message, it's almost again, just don't focus too much on that, focus on you know, what else is actually happening in this chapter. And I think that's just, again, it's not a, the classic childhood Jonah and the whale. It's you know, Jonah and his um, yeah relationship with God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just love how from the very start we see Jonah praying. You know, we've seen him running from God and then he's inside the fish. And like, first thing he does, boom, it's self-inflicted pain. But he's like, oh, gosh, I am praying. And, you know, verse one, he calls, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. And I think there's just such a challenge there, like, do we call to God? do we pray to God when we are um, in trials and tribulations? What is our prayer relationship like with God?
0: Hmm. Uh, so yeah so true and such a challenge. and again it's just like this imagery of him at that rock bottom and this like you've seen in this chapter of going down from the deep. where else do we see? We see this yeah you know, engulfing waters surround me, the deep surrounds me and we had this picture of yeah he's at rock bottom and again when I you know when we hit rock bottom own lives, do we have this response of prayer to God um, yeah. when it comes to that
1: yeah I think there's also something here about there is nowhere which is too far from God to pray like he's at the bottom of the sea in a fish's stomach and yet God still hears him and he still prays and um, we are so blessed to have a loving father who will listen to us no matter where we are and I think it's such an encouragement that where, literally wherever we are I kind of can't think of a more rogue place to be praying from than in a whale and yet God, it, exactly. listen. <laughs> it really is isn't it
0: <laughs> and I think like almost like a historical Jewish Hebrew narrative like concept of it whenever sort of the ocean and fish and like almost this sort of imagery comes in lots of time in scripture and other books we they use this imagery to really paint a picture of Israel's sin and the Israel the Israelites people of um of God when they are just in sin and not following the way of Yahweh and also that's where Jonah is you know that's the mission of Jonah to go to um not the people of God but to a people and to call out their sin and again yeah. this imagery When people reading this they would have read this and just been like oh wow okay we're we're in trouble you know and this is, and this is, it's almost trying to have that aspect for ourselves when um, we're reading this. Like, oh well, we actually are in trouble, and we need God's grace and mercy more than ever.
1: Yeah, we need to have a fish be sent to us.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I also really like how throughout, and um, I mean, we see it in verse two when he says, uh, "I cried out to the Lord," or "In my distress, I called to the Lord." And that's such a biblical saying. We see it quite often in Psalms, and when I was reading this earlier on, I was just quite challenged by, um, how much do I know my Bible? We see, you know, Jonah is in a whale. There isn't a candle there. He doesn't have his own little manuscript or kind of old fashioned Bible. Like he's in the dark completely. And yet he still knows, um, the Psalms well enough to be able to pray in them. And I was reminded earlier in the week that Jesus in his quiet time, he, he, um, mutters the Bible to himself and, I think there's something so powerful about knowing scripture off by heart. And if we were in a place of um, persecution or a time where we didn't have access to the Bible, like, would we know the truth of the Bible kind of word for word? Mm. Um, I love that Jonah does. I think it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful challenge. Yeah, and I think in verse 3, there's obviously like this point question of like, oh, is it God who puts, you know, is it God who's put Jonah in this position? Is it God who's thrown him into the depths of the sea?
1: Yeah, because we hear Jonah saying, you know, you hurled me into the depths and the very heart of the seas. And I think that there's definitely something in us, we are in a flawed and sinful world. And um, we have free will. And as a result of that, we are all sinners. Um, and so when other people make mistakes, which have consequence on us, or when we make mistakes, which have consequence on us, it's not as if God has put us in that position, but it's as a result of our free will. Um, But the amazing thing is that God isn't shocked by this. It's not like there's a curveball ball, um, which he doesn't see coming. He actually sees us exactly where we are. And he works um, by using us in the place that we are for his purpose, um, which is just fab for us, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's just the fact that God's present with him and with us through these things, which is so comforting to know. Yeah. Yeah
1: it's very clear that even in these times like God still has his hand on our lives and even when Jonah did decide on his own free will to jump overboard God was there with a plan of perfect protection which again worked for his good
0: yeah yeah I think in verse 4 we see his amazing well I guess in his praise he's already changed but we see his, his emphasis on um, i've been banished from your sight yes i will look again towards your holy temple and obviously for Jews in this culture the holy temple is where they met with god they prayed to god they made sacrifices to god and i for us that's jesus and the holy spirit but obviously we see this where he has his realization that it's god who he, he needs to strive for it's uh meeting god in this presence and worship him worshiping him in this way which you know he's realized which he needs more than anything else in this yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah, there's also something about him saying, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. And the idea that um, even though he isn't yet in the holy temple, um, we have such a steadfast and faithful and certain God that he knows that he will be saved. Like There is such assurance in his prayer um, of the goodness of God. Even when he's in the belly of a fish, miles and miles away from that place, he knows that he will be saved.
0: Hmm. I think it's getting to the the posture of you know if we want to live for worldly ideas and worldly things it's not going to give us that full satisfaction and eventually we'll be like oh we need more to life we need there's something else um more going on yeah and we can look around the world and obviously maybe see oh but, but people have somehow got to those worldly things and they seem fine they seem good like they've they've sailed to tarshish they haven't been thrown overboard they've made it And I think, and you might think, oh, you know, at the moment, nothing's going wrong in their lives. Yeah. But all of a sudden, something will happen and they will hit the rock bottom of themselves, the money, the sex, the gambling, whatever it is, it won't be enough for them. But I think what's really important when we do see that, when we see people who say, oh, I don't need Jesus, I don't need God, you know, I've got my own life. It's just being someone that is just present. To someone who's there, he's still, you know, not like, okay, I won't bother with you. You don't, you know, you're not listening to what I say, but actually just being really humble and just showing the characters of Jesus, uh, showing his love, his grace um, towards these people. So they just, yeah. you know, there's something so much more.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a bit, we'll probably be talking a bit more about idols because it mentions it in verse eight, but um, yeah, there is so much to be said about not looking to God and how that doesn't, that doesn't fulfill us. Mm. So, yeah, in verse five, we then read obviously that the seaweed was wrapped around my head. And I was thinking of the kind of physical state of that. That is, I mean, it's almost a humorous image, actually, like a bandana. Bandana,
0: getting stuff ready.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But in reality, he's literally plummeted so far into the sea, he's at the bottom, he's touching the seaweed. And I think that there is just something about it can feel like we are at rock bottom, that there is no hope. He's lying potentially on the bottom of the seabed, but God always has a plan to prosper us. Mm. and we might not know what form it's going to take, and we might not see it for a long time, but God is a good God, and he loves us, and um, yeah, his plans are to prosper. They are um, for our goodness.
0: Yeah, and then with that, it talks about, like, to the roots of the mountain I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. It's that image of, like, down, 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 but then it says, like, you, Lord, Yahweh, my God, you know, he's had this sort of again I like can um up to verse four like i'll look towards your holy temple is realize that you know it's this god he needs to have a relationship with he brought my life up i like, re-emphasize on the word up <laughs> from the pit and you know you see this thing of going down all of a sudden he knows that the only way to exceed and go forward is with god
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah yeah, absolutely
1: this is the kind of second half of verse six which we didn't read initially and this goes through to verse nine so it says But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. Verse seven, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good, and I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Mm. I think that bit is a complete turnaround in the prayer. As you say, there's um, this kind of quite visual image of being dragged down and then being lifted up towards God and towards his goodness.
0: And I remember he's still he's not out of the fish yet. You know, he's still in the belly of the fish. And he's this he's almost just he's so grateful and so humble in the midst of this experience.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, in our lives, when can when you know, have we seen that? When have we been in a position where we are in that belly of, our, of the fish? But we are still really humble and grateful for everything going around yeah so and also you know in Daniel um, 3 like 16 to 18 it you know, it talks about if we you know he says if we are thrown into blazing fairness the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us um, but even if he does not so we want you to know your majesty we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you have set up and it's just the heart posture of even if nothing happens, you're good in any way, and it's almost like Jonah's having this prayer. And at the moment, he's not out of it, but he's still really humble and grateful uh, through that. Yeah. We see that throughout the Bible and so many different people.
1: Yeah, I guess if you're that rooted in the Old Testament, you've seen God's goodness throughout for every every person. Like you know, He is a just and fair and good God, and so you can hold on to that truth even if you're in the uh, stomach of a whale uh, or a fish. In fact,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and again, you know, we see in verse uh, 7, it just really emphasises the point that he is just looking towards the Holy Temple now. Um, yeah, and then obviously in verse 8, you see this really powerful statement, like, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for, for them. Yeah. And I think like with worthless idols, Jonah wanted to let go of his idols in his life. I think we just already emphasise this, but, you know, he wants to go on his, um, he doesn't want to go on his own direction, but he wants to go on God's. Yeah. yeah and this, this leads to this act of faithfulness and thankfulness you know in verse uh nine it like, shouts of praise um and with sacrifice to you yeah what i have vowed what i will make good i would say salvation comes with the lord
1: oh yeah well i wonder if there's that so a bit in corinthians Um, where it talks about how athletes need to train hard for the prize. And the prize is, you know, eternal life and being with God. And actually worthless idols at the time, they may seem like they do have worth, but we have to um, stay alert and in top condition. Like we can't be distracted by these worthless idols because it's not, it's not God. It's not the gold. It's not the prize at the end.
0: Mm. Yeah. So true.
1: Yeah. And then we see in verse nine that uh, Jonah is sacrificing to, to you being to God. And I think he's just, it's like we've gone full circle. He is showing full repentance. He is saying, like, I surrender everything and I give it all to you. And I will do as you want, you know, like, here I am. Um, which again, is just a challenge. Jonah, you're challenging us today. Mm. Like, are we are we ready to um, sacrifice it all? Like, salvation comes from the Lord, it says. And yet we still don't always sacrifice everything.
0: <laughs> and there's this emphasis on, like, I think we said in the the last two episodes how we can almost we had this thing of like oh no we're better than jana like jane's someone running away from god then all of a sudden we're like oh wow actually do we do any of this stuff like yeah. do we actually live out uh these things and it's such a challenge um but it's so it's so good and then obviously it ends um leading to obviously chapter three that the lord commanded the fish and it vomited jane onto to dry land
1: love that i think that's probably one of my favorite verses that i've come across recently i don't know why it just just resonates with me <laughs> <laughs> i just think i like it how we have no choice in how we are delivered like we have when we say yeah god i like i fully give my life to you we literally have no idea whether that's going to be a dignified or undignified um kind of have a, a, a dignified or an undignified uh, consequence wow sorry that was yeah. really worth
0: yeah that's so true that's so true. Yeah, so I think, you know, with that, with this whole prayer, you know, if you go away and read this, what like, what's that reading to you? Like, do you feel like you are in the belly of the fish right now? Do you feel like rock boston and you think, you know, where is God? And you know, I, as, as an encouragement, just put that, put this position for just full trust in God. um, Because he goes wherever we go and he's always with us and he has our best interests at mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in those times, what is your prayer life like? Um, I think it's a, again, a real challenge. Are we praying in the highs and the lows, potentially the very big lows? Um, mm. Are we still kind of trusting in God and his goodness and trusting that he will um save us, even when it feels so distant and so far fetched? But we know through looking at the Bible, he is a good God, um, which is just... It's it bodes well for us mere humans. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's great. So you get such a good challenge. And that's journey Chapter Two, guys. That's it that, that's great. I actually love that. Next week's journey chapter three, of course. Um <laughs> that's the way the numbers work. But yeah, so we look forward to that. Well, oh, have a great week or weeks, two weeks. See you in two weeks. There you we go.
1: See you in two weeks. Be blessed and uh get excited for Jane Three. This is where it gets more interesting because no one knows about during a three and four. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: he's on dry land now. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Um, he's on command. <laughs> <Yeah. now. laughs> but guys, see you soon. Bye.